This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on the morning run and I'm Philip C. On today's Property Show, we are in conversation with Sheldon Fernandez, Country Manager of Property Guru Malaysia, on sentiment levels of Malaysia's residential property market post-pandemic. Thanks a lot, Sheldon, for joining us this morning uh, to share your insights on Malaysia's residential property market. But oh boy, Sheldon, it has been a crazy few months, has it not been? So, you know, I want to get your perspective, you know, three months with the lockdown, how has the property market largely performed in quarter two, specifically the residential property market? How was it like quarter and quarter and year on year? Yeah, great question, uh, Philip. First of all, obviously, thank you for having us. Uh, I think what's important is, is you know, we, we as we enter into the endemic phase of, of COVID-19, right, it's important to have an objective view over the last two, maybe even three years. Um, so what we do here at Property Guru is we obviously work with huge sets of data um, all around the property sector. Now, this data gives us an opportunity to have an objective view. However, I also think it's important to note that you know, property decisions, decisions can always, you know, sort of be either objective or subjective. Uh, so as such, we, we try to focus three types of report that we release into the market, right? The first is what we call the Malaysia Property Market Report, which focuses on asking price and demand based on the inquiries that come to our platforms, okay? Now, we release this report every quarter. Now, we also have the Consumer Sentiment Survey Report, which focuses on direct surveys from a diverse group of consumers. We take their sentiment and we release this report every half yearly. And finally, we have our market outlook report uh, that focuses on the overall activity for the year. So it's sort of a summary of all the data points we have, including transaction data, and we release that once a year. So you've got quarterly demand and supply, you've got half yearly sentiment, and you've got you know, good summary at the end of the year. When it comes to Q2 uh, in 2022, uh, our price index, so these are all the asking price um, uh, based on our on our portals, saw an upward tick of about 1.04% in quarter on quarter, and also an increase of 1.71% year on year. So asking price a reflection of confidence the seller will have in the property market to sort of put out a price as such. And I think that is an indicator of, of a slight uh, uh, increase in confidence uh, from those owning property. And it's not wrong because we've seen value in properties hold its own even through the last two or three years, even though volume has dropped. So you can understand why there's confidence on the seller side to say, you know, price, price of the property is good. And I think consumers appreciate the price as well, uh, good value properties. On the supply side, though, what we're seeing is we've actually seen an upward trend uh, where it's gaining 0.31%, so not really a big movement there in quarter of quarter, but a 19% year-on-year uh, increase uh, in uh, compared to Q1 2022. So this also reflects that uh, you know, a lot more uh, uh, buyers, are, a lot of more property owners are putting up their properties back into the market. And one of the main reasons also we've seen, you know, developers come back and launch properties. Um, so this obviously a, a tell sign that, you know, cons- the, the general 
property players are expecting uh, things to return gradually to normalcy um, compared to, you know, sort of pandemic years. So if you take a comparison in 2018, which is pre-pandemic, to maybe 2021, maybe, you know, sort of going into the endemic stage, it's interesting when you look at it retro retrospectively, you see value of transaction has increased, right? So you see this through the median prices in 2021 compared to 2018. Uh, but we looked at it particularly on a sub-sale property, just, just so that we take out the new launches because there's lack of new launches in this period. Whilst value increased, volume has dropped, as I said. Um, so, you know, it just indicates that buyers, you know, they've got good financial standing. We don't have issues like speculation in the market. We've got rid of that some years ago. People are more educated around financing, etc. They understand the property market better. But more importantly, they have an appetite for value-priced properties. Yeah, so can I just deep dive on this uh, demand portion, right? Because... When you look at prices, the Malaysian Property Price Index, which you actually developed, you know, did see some upward momentum in the end of last year and even early this year, as you were mentioning just now. So are you seeing that it is decelerating, that it is still on an upward trend, but the momentum is stalling? Well, we, we definitely hope to see, you know, improvements. The current property landscape, it just shows that many are struggling to cope with affordability. And this has been going around for quite some time now, right? So buying their first home. But the upward momentum, if you if you sort of dissect that a little bit, you're looking at it, you see that in the landed property prices, right? So we see this in our uh, market report, right? Our, our, our uh, property market report. Uh, the, the index on landed property sales saw an increase by 1.1% quarter in quarter and 3.64% on a year-on-year -year increase, right? However, high-rise, on the other hand, you saw a decrease, right? 0.23% in stratified properties quarter-on-quarter quarter, and only registering a 0.51% year-on-year increase in the same period. So... Based, so you reflect that and say, okay, so for what, what's the sentiment there, right? Like, what, what is the momentum growing? To your question, is it stalling? Actually, it's growing. But we also know from the sentiment survey, consumers tend to prefer landed properties in states like Selangor and Johor. But they, on the uh, states like KL and Penang, they prefer affordable high-rise. So the key question is affordable high rise, and that's where I think we're starting to see that mismatch between, you know, things like price when we talk about the Malaysia property price index versus the actual demand for that particular type of property, right? As we go closer towards city in KL and Penang, you know, being the state they are, uh, the prices are the affordable range is obviously where the demand is. When you go to states like Slango and Johor, as opposed to high rise, they prefer landed, and landed has been doing really well in terms of the price index. Which makes me wonder, we always talk about sentiment as a very interesting leading indicator of future direction of the property market. And it has been on an upward trend, right, when you compare versus 2020 and 2021. But you made a very interesting point just now that sentiment is very different for different parts of the country, isn't it? Can you help me unpack a bit then, from what you're reading in terms of sentiment, what the trajectory looks like then in the future for specific sub-segments then? 
Right. So very, very good question. Like I said, you know, you can look at it objectively, but then you also got to look at it from a sentiment point of view, which is very subjective because there's so many factors involved down there. Now, based on our consumer sentiment survey in the first half of 2022, we saw a slight increase of one point from the previous wave. So H2 of 2021 versus H1 of 2022, an increase of one percentage point. Now, you can indicate that there's positive outlook in the property market, uh, although this is you know, looming economic uh, uh, conditions, uh, maybe improving job securities as well as we move into the endemic stage, uh, which could be slightly pulling the index up. But on the flip side, we also saw when it comes to the real estate climate score uh, and perceived government effort, that has sort of pulled the total index down. Right. So the 1%, although you may have positive outlook, but there's certain key factors there that has, you know, maybe not given it a more uh, positive score. Uh, now, if you take into perspective, then the real estate climate, uh, where you talk about, you know, government initiatives, uh, uh, overall market uh, uh, conditions around real estate, things like interest rate, etc. You notice a few things, right? Number one is, you know, we had this campaign that was a bit of a booster, which is the HOC, uh, that ended off in 2021, right? Because, you know, we had some really good initiatives there, 10% uh, discount on selected properties, you know, stamp duty waiver, etc. cetera. Uh, and that sort of gave a little bit more edge, uh, I guess, or push for people to make these property decisions. Uh, during this period as well, last year, H2, you've seen record low levels of OPR. Recently, that's increased, Right. Um, so you expect to sort of see maybe gradual improvement, that's, that's maybe the best way to put it, as government introduces new initiatives like iMileki, right, which is a stamp duty exemption that runs up till 2023 or 2025, not mistaken, and this for first home buyers, etc. And as we sort of, you know, get more initiatives like this, and that's, you know, something that I think is relevant in the Malaysia property sector, uh, you may see an, a gradual improvement in the consumer sentiment score. But that's the worry, isn't it, Sheldon? You know, you talked about all the past government policies, like the extension of HOC, the moratorium on loan repayments. You know, all these measures are, are, are a thing of the past. I mean, the government is running out of ammunition to help support the property market, right? So don't you think this might put more pressure on property sentiment moving forward in the view that, I mean, you did talk about iMiliki as an option, but really the, the, the strategies and the tools that the government can employ to, you know, kind of prop up the property market will be challenging, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, in an ideal scenario, you want a commercially driven uh, market sentiment purely, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately an ideal scenario. So, uh, but like I said, you know, we've got our own challenges and we're dealing with these challenges. I don't think it's unique to Malaysia, but how we go about it is very relevant. The first, obviously, is the affordability challenge. Uh, and given the, the times, you know, coming out of the, of the pandemic, in the endemic phase, uh, when you've got you know economic challenges looming, um, you 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 need certain initiatives to maintain the sector. But like I said, if you look retrospectively, values have held, so property seems to be a good hedge against things like inflation. You know, good investment uh, uh, avenue as well. Uh, but you know, these initiatives what help it sustain whilst volume have dropped. So while the government has introduced you know uh, new initiatives. Uh, we think 
this will, you know, sort of take time for 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 buyers who are waiting to see what happens, etc., uh, to give them a boost, you know, to to sort of act on whether or not to to transact the property. Um, you know, we've got things also like like overhead, right? That's the other thing that 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 has been uh, with us for for the last um, uh, few quarters. In fact, last few years, really. Uh, so these kind of initiatives are important, to sort of improve the overall. Uh, sentiment, but ideally we move to a state where we're very data driven, right? So we know the right kind of demand, the right kind of supply, uh, you know, location specific, uh, lifestyle specific. You know, our sentiment survey suggests as well that people are looking for uh, much bigger space now. This work from home uh, environment or, 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 or arrangement is now in play. Uh, you know, uh, closer towards the city may not be the most ideal preference moving forward. So as we make these adjustments, uh, certain incentives uh, is ideal to sort of, you know, cope with the changes. Right. So thanks, Sheldon. I think for explaining, you know, the, the, the dynamics of this, but perhaps the biggest data point we are looking at very closely is interest rates. You know, the Central Bank Negara is has been raising interest rates, but they're not alone. You know, central banks all across the world are in, increase, raising interest rates. How sensitive are interest rates to the property market in Malaysia specifically? Because there's a huge correlation and sensitivity, right, in other parts of the world. But in Malaysia specifically, how sensitive is it? Yeah, good, 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 um, uh, you know, focus point on interest rate. Uh, I think, you know, not too long ago, we had a moratorium that helped uh, but as you come into endemic, you know now you, you're you're looking at in, uh, increased interest rate, which is right to do, right? So the OPR increased by um, uh, 2.25%. Uh, this clearly will affect buyers, you know, current homeowners in terms of existing and future mortgages. Uh, but it's you know you can't deny the fact that it will have a, a dampening effect down there, not just in terms of purchasing, but also in terms of confidence, right? Uh, now, we've obviously seen confidence now at low levels in terms of uh, government uh, initiatives. Uh, but like I said, you know, this takes time to adjust. People will sort of look at it on a current economic situation, current uh, uh, real estate climate. And then you start seeing sentiments, you know, sort of develop further, right? Uh, but we're optimistic that we'll see these improvements in time to come, as we have seen in the past. Um, but home buyers are still facing, you know, the critical issues of affordability, inability to secure financing. Right now, there's there's job security, uh, there's overall economic stability. So it's not just one factor; it's uh, it's an array of factors, right? Uh, which really you can't solve overnight, but you need time to sort of let this. You know, work itself out. Sure. Uh, so we expect in the short term to see a dampening effect, but in the long term, uh, very optimistic that as economic conditions uh, continue to improve, as we sort of settle into this this uh, new wave of working from home, sort of knowing what kind of property you want, job security increases, uh, uh, sentiments will come back up. We'll be back with more after these messages. Stay with us, BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. and with me today is Sheldon Fernandez, Country Manager of Property Guru Malaysia, over how the residential property market has performed. So I, I understand that, you know, we see the long-term prospects, but if we can just deep dive on the short-term, right, which types of properties or segments are most vulnerable to rising interest rates than in Malaysia? 
So it's hard to sort of pinpoint exactly which is specific, but I always refer back to data like how we always do. And I, you know, I pointed out the, the consumer sentiment survey on what is it that they prefer in the in the longer run. Uh, and I think, you know, based on our H1 survey, we've sort of looked at two sectors, right? One is landed properties in Slango and Johor. Uh, so if you say what will be most impacted, maybe high rises in Slango and Johor. Right, uh, because the demand is there, or at least the interest is there for landed properties in these two states. The the reverse is obviously in Penang and KL, where you know affordable high rise is the interest is there, and less, maybe lesser off in other other sectors. Uh, but all these sort of relates to the current uh, uh, situation that the consumers are facing, right? Why is it that now you, you're not focusing on city centre and you're moving out? That's because of the current scenario of, I want more space. In fact, it's interesting to note that uh, one of the key features that came up was an additional room uh, when considering to buy a property. If, be it high-rise or landed, that additional room is now uh, increasingly top of mind among mm -hmm. consumers. Right uh, Now, also what was interesting, I think is very interesting uh, uh, data is the fact that whilst people are waiting to see uh, the property purchase decision, we've actually seen an increase in the need to uh, rent properties or, or the demand to rent properties. So that bodes well for the industry as well, meaning you know, investors who come and invest in the property sector, they've got the ability to rent out these properties to potential renters, uh, at least in the short term for those who are looking to, to have a property to meet their needs, right? Um, so, so it's it's great consumer trends that we're seeing, but it's all adjusting towards the current times. Uh, but you can't take a blanket view and say which is vulnerable, which is uh, less impacted. But if you dissect into the interest and the demand based on the data, then I think you sort of get a more positive outlook as you as you uh, look at it in, in in isolation. But one. One theme that still holds, and you mentioned about it just now, was this whole situation of property overhang, right? And perhaps if you can help us understand the specific quantum or even the locales of where this overhang is taking place, you know. NAPIC in its first half 2021 data said there were about 31,000 plus units overhang, right? Up 5% from the previous half. So what's the picture like now, you know, as we enter out from the pandemic, as we exit out from the pandemic? Um, so overhang is a very interesting uh you know, sort of element in the property sector, you know, it's hard to sort of put a finger as to what exactly is, is causing it. You know, I think the sort of well-known facts that, you know, it's certain segment, right? Like so highlights in certain states uh, plays a, a key contributing factor here. Clearly there's a mismatch between what the demand is in the area versus what the supply is in those specific areas. Uh, you know, the 31,000, if you put it into into perspective of total transactions in a year, which is about 130,000. Uh, so you're looking at about, you know, sort of 30% of the total transaction in, in any given year. Uh, uh, clearly, you know, you want to make sure that that number doesn't grow. Um, I think HOC kind of helped with that particular uh, segment. I think we need to have very targeted initiatives, particularly for those, if, if at all, we want to sort of, you know, completely tackle the issue. But at the same time, you know, I'm, it makes sense to sort of let the market drivers sort of drive where the right demand is for the right supply. I think for developers, clearly this is going to be one, one area of focus as well, ensuring that no, they know what to build and where to build uh, to, to cope with this situation. So I think, you know, all those 
factors put it together sort of gives you an idea as to where we are and how we how we want to get at. But you know, if you I think if we introduce data in this particular uh, uh, essence, will be will be the right way forward. So let's emphasize on the where to build. I mean, in Malaysia, we have quite a lot of very interesting uh, transportation infrastructure projects happening like MRT3, ECRL, and even RTS, right? So, and at the same time, in your reports, you've also talked about new hotspots like Puchong, Ipoh, Shalam, and Tebral, right? In your assessment, right, have we fully captured all the opportunities, right? Are there still hidden gems in terms of property locations in view of all the upcoming infrastructure projects and the economic uh, trajectory of this country? Well, I think, you know, when it comes to location in the past, you know, you kind of have a defined location on where the lifestyle is, i.e. the workplace, school, the environment, etc. But I think it's becoming... Uh, less obvious, given the fact that you know most Malaysians are keen on to work remotely, and this is evident in our consumer sentiment survey in the first half of 2022. Uh, we see you know one in three Malaysians are keen to continue working from home, based on the survey, and of course with this you know transport infrastructure is continue will continue to be a priority because they want to live in, in an area where it's accessible and allows them to you know sort of move around particularly for for lifestyle purposes like errands and and shopping etc right uh, but one interesting point to note as well is they are also expressing a need for greener spaces um, you know and and more than half of Malaysians also foresee a growing demand uh, for green spaces larger home so that's definitely um, one key area to look out in the coming years. So if you then translate that into locations, you're then sort of moving outside of the city centre, right? Uh, so top five areas that came out from our survey, uh, uh, you know, similar to previous studies, is Petaling Jaya, Subang Jaya, Damansara, Shah Alam, and obviously KL City Centre for those in, in KL, right? Uh, but then there's the other nations who who are also considering factors like the areas, right, which is more peaceful environment, greenery, better pricing. And this is where it's outside of Klang Valley. So among the 55% of Malaysians considering a home in the outskirts city, there was a higher preference to, to move outside of Klang Valley um, because that's where you meet the demand of that the, those elements of that lifestyle we talked about, right? Peaceful environment, greenery, better pricing, bigger homes. Uh, so I think location is now sort of expanding given the new norm we are in. So an expanding location, which then brings me to the broader question of about the macro indicators. You know, as you were saying, Sheldon, your your you guys at Property Guru, you've spent so much time you know, with the data, right? Can you help me understand the correlation of the macroeconomic data with property prices? What is the key correlation here? Is GDP a correlation? Unemployment, wages? What 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 are the macro numbers or indicators that you see out there that you know shed some interesting light about the nature of our property market? Well, several indicators, right, that correlates to property price. I mean, just to name a few, you've got the likes of, you know, ongoing labor shortage. That's one, right? So uh, rising compliance costs, raw material prices, you know, the obvious one, the interest rates, uh, rates hike uh, among uh, uh, consumers, right? So that's, that's all macroeconomic factors. So together with that, you then look at the, the uh, dampening of the sentiment among buyers, 
uh, who want to take a wait and see approach. Uh, this all adds towards you know the whole overall impact of the of the property sector, right? So the old problems, I guess, when I say old problem, I mean the the the, the current problems still not being dealt with, right? So things like uh, being held back due to the lack of affordability, inability to secure financing, right, job security, etc. So it's an array of factors. However, for those who are able to afford it. It's a whole different scenario, right? Because it's a good investment opportunity. Uh, value seems to be holding steady. So, you know, it's a great hedge against inflation, right? Um, now, because of that, you also see that the other trend you see, the macro trend or the consumer behavior trend you see is uh, most Malaysians, or uh, based on our quarter two uh, market report, about, we say, an increase of six over percent quarter on quarter in those who are renting, right? And about a, a hundred over percent year on year jump when it comes to high-rise property rental demand, right? So so investments, those who have uh, invested will see a return, right? So hence why it's a great way uh, uh, or a great asset class to invest in and a hedge against inflation. Now, this also then create opportunity because in our sentiment survey in H1, 53% of home owners, current home owners, are looking to buy additional property in the next year or so for investment reasons and not looking to sell their current property. So against the backdrop of all these economic factors, it's important for us uh, as a leading property platform to provide these data, right? Because this will drive actionable insights so that the ecosystem, the players in the ecosystem and the industry can leverage on all these trends, these areas, and, and help them make more informed property decisions. That's exactly what we aim to do uh, as, uh, as, as we play our role in ensuring that the industry is well equipped with the data we have. So Sheldon, ending with the last question, in this environment, is it a buyer's or seller's market? <laughs> Golden question. Um, I don't know if I always seen that from a buyer or, or from a seller's market. Um, clearly, because you know we have a very objective view, uh, but you know it always comes back towards your current need and your and your current goals, right? If you're an investor and if you're you know you have the means, uh, clearly the, the data you can make sense of the data and make your own decisions, right? Like we said, there's positive indicators all around, uh, and, it's a, and it, you know, clearly property is a good investment. If you're a first home buyer based on your need and you can afford those property, uh, I guess the, the, the age old thing is never a, a good time uh, or never the right time to buy. Every time is the right time to buy, right? Uh, <laughs> because all based on your need. So you, you sort of make these decisions on your own. You know, we've just come out of the endemic stage, some positive coming out of the property sector as well. Clearly government initiatives help you know, with the current situation, uh, sorry, with the previous situation, it's currently going to determine whether it helps in the current situation. But property decision-making uh, is important to sort of, you know, uh, uh, be more informed. And you can always rely on a company like Property Guru to help you uh, with all these actionable insights, this data, relevant data, to ensure that you, you know, make confident property decisions. That's all the time we have for today's Property Show. Thank you for being on the show, Sheldon. I've been speaking to Sheldon Fernandez, Country Manager of Property Guru Malaysia on the residential property market in Malaysia. I'm Philip C. signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. BFM 89.9. 
Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.